0: One of the worst wounds a parent can inflict on a child is not recognizing them as a distinct person and caring about their needs and their strengths and helping the child to recognize those things in themselves. If you didn't get that, one way it shows up is as romantic clutter, a string of half relationships that you half wanted and they half wanted you. And until you can complete that process of growing into your real self the pattern will tend to continue. My letter today is from a woman I'll call B and she writes, Dear Fairy, My mother was very emotionally distant. She would crack jokes about me all the time. Tell me how disappointed she was that I wasn't taller or wasn't like other girls. She wouldn't allow me to wear glasses when I needed them because she said I was an embarrassment to her family of origin. Oy, oy okay she deprived me of clothes i had to wear cast-offs from some relatives my dad catered to her every whim because he knew if he didn't he would suffer her rage all i ever heard from him was i'm doing this for your mother it didn't seem to matter how ridiculous or unfair that that this was to all of us my brother and i As a teenager, I took up the baton from my dad and I became her mother. So you started mothering your mother, I guess. I would give up my time with my friends to be with her because I felt sorry for her. Aha. I was probably 25 before I had my first boyfriend and boy, did that cause trouble. I eventually broke up with him because my mother convinced me that she was sick and I should take care of her. Uh, I was so emotionally deprived and desperate for her love that I would have done anything for her. My next relationship was with a married man. Oh! And after two years, when he finally got divorced, he decided he wanted to date other women. I was heartbroken. My next relationship was with a man 20 years older than me who didn't want to get married or have kids. I spent my entire 30s with him. Do you see the pattern? Then I broke up with him 40 years uh, at 40 years old because I suddenly realized I wanted to have children. And then I met my husband on an online dating app. I thought we were the perfect match. He had never been married, but wanted a committed relationship and to have kids. So I threw myself into the relationship. After three months, I was pregnant and six months later, we were married. That's when things really went awry. He had unresolved trauma from his childhood. He was emotionally unavailable, very controlling and sarcastic. Every effort from me to become emotionally close or to show him some vulnerability was met with superiority. We've been married 12 years now. I'm 55 and he's 59. And this summer, I finally hit a brick wall. I couldn't go on any longer. And I told him I wanted a divorce. It's been very difficult since then. He's tried to convince me that he is a changed man, even agreed to counseling with me, which didn't work. Even the counselor told me to leave him. I asked for a separation and he agreed, but then he decided to renovate our house, which I've wanted him to do for years. So now the house is in turmoil. All my personal belongings are scattered all over the living room and it seems like everything is taking forever to finish. Boy, is that a metaphor for your situation. (laughs) I really believe he's doing this so he will feel better when we divorce. He can tell his friends that he's tried to make things work with me and show them all the improvements in the home. I have a hard time even looking at him or being in the same room with him. He sleeps in his office now, thankfully. All the anger, frustration, and hurt that I have bottled up for 12 years is now at the surface and bubbling over. So this is where you come in, fairy. During this time, I decided to do some self-care and started playing pickleball. I had always been athletic, so I found some great people to play with and became very good. During one of my practices, one of the other players asked if I would play competitive mixed doubles with him. I was thrilled. He was also very attractive, and so I was definitely flattered. We started practicing together, played two tournaments together, won one of them, and during this time, we really got to know each other. He was easy to be with, very supportive and fun. He's 61 years old and has adult children. He talked about his past relationships and kids, and he's married to his second wife of three years, but he mentioned that it wasn't good. However, I didn't... Ask him anything about his marriage due to my current situation. I didn't want to get too emotionally involved because I felt I could do it very easily. I did confide in him that I wasn't happy either. That's the secret handshake of people trying to have an affair. (laughs) However, our relationship never went beyond friendship. I was happy we were gelling on and off the pickleball court and it gave me something to look forward to. We were even planning on playing tournaments that required travel. I was starting to visualize what it might look like and I was really feeling excited and then he had to go out of state on a business trip and told me he would be gone for a week. When the week was up, I emailed him. A couple days later, he responded by saying that he and his wife separated just prior to the trip, and his clients had offered him a house indefinitely. He was planning on staying there out of state until he decided where he would buy his new house. He then wrote that he enjoyed our time together and would probably get back for visits and told me I could write to him from time to time if I wanted. I was devastated. I cried all day. I guess I didn't realize how much I had come to rely on him or look forward to being with him. I responded saying I was happy he met good people, willing to help him, but he but was heartbroken also. I didn't promise to write or say I would look forward to seeing him if he visited. I took the email to mean he was not going to come back permanently. That was three weeks ago, and since then I've tried really hard to keep going. I've joined other pickleball groups. I'm watching your content and trying to be present for my 12-year-old. My husband and I have a wonderful boy together. And yet I feel totally bereft, almost as if I'm in mourning. Was this just limerence? My best friend has told me not to write to the guy who moved away, as it would amount to nothing. And also, I need to have a clear head when dealing with my husband when I'm negotiating the separation and divorce. A part of me agrees with her, and then another part thinks, but what if... I would love your insight and advice on this. Okay, thank you, B. Somehow, I think you know what I'm going to say because you're. I'm. I feel for you. Your childhood is awful, and you weren't loved properly. And your mother had some sort of emotional disorder of some kind. Maybe the people in the audience can chime in on that and see what was going on. But she couldn't love you properly, and then you were 25 before you had a boyfriend. And you had this whole pattern with your mom where you gave her everything. You would give up everything and she still didn't love you. Then you had a boyfriend. She really hated that. You broke up with him, I guess, because that's what she wanted. So then you got together with a married man. So what I want to talk to you about is this half relationship thing. You had half a relationship with your mom. You lived with her. I Presumably she gave birth to you, but she didn't care about you. And that you kept kind of having this pattern And I know you don't consciously go into it. None of us do. We're not trying to recreate our childhood, but there's some way that our brain just kind of glitches. We lose our ability to reason, and there are certain things that just feel normal to us because we've basically checked out of reality. We can make it work. Everybody needs love. You need love. And I can totally see why you would, you know, try so hard to make it work, but... Your next relationship was with a married man. And I just, you just said after two years, he finally got divorced, but he didn't want to be with you, and you were heartbroken. And you don't really reflect on that. But I just want to say, like, if you're trying to heal from a bad childhood, it's so important to stay away from morally bad actions. They definitely will re traumatize you. So trying to have a relationship with somebody where the whole thing involves lying to somebody who counts on that person it's you know if nothing else just recognize the terrible karma in it but if you can do better than that just recognize it's wrong and it's dishonest and every time that you every day that you engage in a dishonest hurtful activity towards other people it damages you it damages your ability to heal and to you know what you're trying to heal is these subtle structures it's like a developmental delay if your mom had loved you properly you would have been developing mirror neurons and a sense of trust in people and very nuanced perception about where people are coming from and whether their intentions were good or bad and without any of that you're blundering along trying to make a semblance of a relationship out of a non-relationship like this thing with the married man for two years well obviously he could only see you on weird times it wasn't like your birthday or Christmas or anything like that and then Yeah, and he wasn't interested in you. That wasn't what he was after. He wanted to see other people. So then your next relationship was an older guy who told you from the get go he didn't want to get married or have kids, and you spent your 30s with him. So right there, you said, Do you see the pattern? It's like, I guess so. You realized at 40 that you did want kids, so you ended it. But yeah, people who don't want to get married is a weird choice to get into a relationship unless you don't want to get married and you want a temporary relationship so you were self-sabotaging and self-sabotaging so you broke up with him because you realized that you did want to have children and then this is the part where i'm like oh yikes you met your husband on a dating app and three months later you were pregnant now i get that you were 40 and there was time pressure and everything but it's so it's so ill-advised to marry somebody after you've only known them for a short time to get pregnant getting married hastily can be undone having a child with somebody cannot be undone. That's something that really surprised me. Um, I ended up having two children with my kid's dad and we were briefly married but going into it that was not at all what we intended for our relationship. It was an utter surprise. I barely knew him and I learned the hard way that just because you're pregnant and just because they're willing to help out with the baby doesn't mean it's all going to work out. This is how people who were traumatized as kids are sort of, you know, we cobble together life. We get the blessing of kids, at least. (laughs) You know, I'm happy for you. You have a kid, but not under the best circumstances. And it's hard. It's a very hard thing to be a divorced mom. And it was a long road for me. I loved having kids. I never even regretted it a tiny speck. But it cost me everything else in my life, you know. And then when they were older, I was able to get married properly, very slowly. When I got married for real, it was after dating for five years, five years. (laughs) And he didn't even meet the kids for the first year. So I'm just saying there's slow is I can't say enough good things about going slowly as a way to get information about somebody because this way that he was terrible toward you um, and unloving and emotionally unavailable and controlling and sarcastic, that's terrible. And had you dated him for a while, you would have known that in advance. So, all right, fate had its way with you, and now you have a kid. But here's again where you kind of lost your boundary. As you said, you told him you wanted a divorce, and you guys were talking about it, but then you say, well, then he, like, remodeled part of the house or something, so... You can't leave and this reminds me of your house of your family of origin and your mom saying you trying to set a boundary and go i, I need to have my own life she goes oh but i'm sick you should feel guilty and the same thing this house is like sickness or something who cares about the remodel like it's a major decision to get out of a bad marriage the a remodel isn't going to fix it so this is odd sounds like trauma-driven thinking you said all your personal belongings are scattered all over the living room and it seems like everything is taking forever to finish i just don't get why you have to wait for it to finish but all your personal belongings scattered i think i muttered like oh this is such a metaphor for your life like where is your life in all this where is your happiness so you have this half marriage, and then you now you have a half divorce and a half separation with your husband. And what happened was you then, in a good move, tried to get into pickleball for you know getting your life together, which was positive. But you ended up falling in love with a guy and had a half relationship with him. So, and I sort of said in a snarky way, you know, when you said he said he wasn't happy in his marriage and you said you weren't happy, and I said, ah, the secret handshake of people who are seeing if they can have an affair that's what it is and it sounds like he did separate from his wife but he did what a healthy person would do which is not get into another relationship right away and he you know did a separation to get married and then get divorced is a really big thing and requires a cooling off period and that i can think of exceptions where people have sailed through that but it's rare and for people with cptsd and a history of making dodgy relationship choices no you need a cooling off period So I can hear, like, you wanted to get divorced. So getting divorced takes time, and then the cooling off period takes time. Eventually dating again um, could be a thing, but can I just encourage you to, when you do date eventually, to just go very slowly. And I know, like, love comes to town sometimes, and what are you going to do? You you know, you just suddenly find you have these huge feelings. But you keep doing it for these unavailable men. Now, I I know what that's like. Um, I do have my dating course for people who are, you know, mystified. Why do they keep going for unavailable people? That is what the course is. And, um, if you want to, you can always get the link to that course down in the description section. But what that course will teach you is to first get very clear about what you want your life to be like. Second, what do you want a potential partner husband to be like? What are the non-negotiable characteristics? And may I suggest a non-negotiable is cannot be married to somebody else. That's not a good way to start it's not going to work and so if you're clearer with yourself about criteria and boundaries like that then the minute you start feeling your heart going a flutter over some married man you know what you do you back away you stop playing pickleball with that person and that's because it leads to misery for you and possibly many others that's why it's like the it's the right thing to do is to stay away when somebody's divorced they will get divorced you know when they're free for a relationship they will not be in another relationship and they will tell you they're interested in you and they'll be willing to go at a moderate pace to get to know you especially as mature people it becomes really clear that a hasty relationship isn't a good idea i think the hope springs eternal that like well some people have casual sex Maybe I can do this time. Maybe I can just do that and this time it won't devastate me. But has it ever been true? I don't think it has. Not for you, not for a lot of us. It just doesn't lead to happiness or security or love. And the road to that usually involves patience, going slowly, you know, the courage to speak up for yourself, to ask the questions that you have about the person and the courage to break up with people who don't meet the criteria when somebody says when you want to get married and somebody says i never want to get married oh right there well you don't even have to break up because you can ask these things quite early before you're even in a relationship you'd be amazed i think there's this fear for those of us who are neglected as kids that if we don't compromise on everything important we won't get any love at all and we have to we just have to take what we can get that's the thinking You know, I assume it's true for you. It's true for me and so many of us, me in the past. But boy, I had to stop doing that. I had to start valuing myself and my future and not just take whatever I could get, but actually be willing to not be in a relationship if it wasn't going to be this high standard that I knew was going to be necessary for me to be happy. And you have a kid. I had to make this decision with a kid. Once you have a kid, like, no way should you bring in a bad partner into your life. Even if they never meet that person, if they're going to like, keep you in a constant state of stress and pain that makes you a you know an ineffective parent and what kids need is a happy supported parent that's what they need and um, somebody who can role model for them how to have boundaries how to be patient how to carefully select who gets into their life when you role model that for your child you're giving them the most important thing they can have is how to how to live their life with self-love and self-respect I know we can't just manufacture self-love and self-respect it comes through actions and you can take the actions even when you feel really badly about yourself there's a lot of feelings to process if you had a traumatic childhood maybe you've tried to do that in therapy it maybe it helped you maybe it didn't here you know I teach everybody this thing called the daily practice where we write our fearful and resentful thoughts which is You know all the negative thoughts and feelings they have somewhere to go and we're able to kind of move them downstream not bouncing around our heads and driving our decisions but down as memories and things that we remember feeling but we're able to start having a new day emotionally and mentally a new day where we can have higher standards for ourselves it takes some focus it also really takes friends and support you didn't mention in here whether you have much you know support and friendship in your life getting divorced is lonely and hard and can be an ugly business and I really encourage you to find a support group a 12-step group you can come into our membership you know some people who have left relationships come and join our membership just because they know this period of their life they're going to want a lot of support and wherever you go go somewhere where people are sharing a common idea of what the tools are I really encourage you to do that. Don't try to do this alone. A person with CPTSD all by themselves tends to make trauma-driven decisions. It's hard to avoid. That's just, that's the trouble. That's the trouble. So there is a way out. We have to be willing to come out of our comfort zone a little bit to to be with other people who have our best interest at heart.